This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 82, Q&A with Becky Squared, round four. Hey there. Hey, everybody. Happy day to you and welcome back. Thanks for joining us yet again. I'm Becky Higgins and with me is my friend and my co-host who has a cold. I do have a cold. Hi, Becky Proudfit. Hello. So if she's a little, what, nasally? Nasally. I literally feel like I've had the same cold for like two months and it goes away. It's done. And I'm good for like a week and then it comes back. It's so dumb. It's the cold. I hope it's not the coronavirus. (laughs) If it is, I will blame you because I'm certain that you had the coronavirus when you were sick. I may have. You were so ill. Oh, and (laughs) I'm gonna. I may have that that down. I hope I don't have. You may, except you don't. Except I don't. But I'm going to the doctors today to find out why the heck I keep getting sick. It's crazy. That's a very good thing. I think it's kind of fun to think forward a few years, and when we're listening back to 2020, we're gonna be like, oh my gosh, yeah, remember the coronavirus, and that was like. A thing. A thing. I actually was talking to a friend of mine last night who is a cruise director for Princess Cruises, and they have a cruise ship that is in quarantine right now in Mm. Japan because they um, had, I think, 12 cases of coronavirus, and so the whole ship is quarantined. Oh, my goodness. But those 12 cases, it's now like 124. Oh, my gosh. And so these poor people have been stuck on the ship. They have to stay in their rooms. They can't come out in the hallway, and no one can come in. So they deliver food to their door. And Princess is doing a beautiful job of, you know, making the best of Mm -hmm. a horrible situation. But I know this is totally – it's going to be like – what was the pig – wasn't there a pig virus? Swine flu, swine the swine flu, flu mm-hmm. the bird flu, mm-hmm. SARS, all these things. It's going to be another one of those. So boxes. scary. Mm-hmm. And my brother, you know, lives in Shanghai and he says it's a ghost town. You guys, Shanghai is like one of the biggest cities on the planet and it's, yeah. and it's really eerie and scary. So we definitely don't make light of that. But no, you, my friend, do not have coronavirus. I do not have coronavirus. I just <laughs> have a goodness. cold that won't quit. <laughs> um, this is going to be a fun episode because we're doing Q&A, which means it is listener's choice. You guys are the ones that have chosen these questions and the topics that we're going to cover. But I, I first want to share, um, we usually, t- well, not usually, but most times we share an iTunes review. This time, it's actually a DM, a direct message that came through to me on Instagram And I just saw it this morning, so I didn't have enough time to ask permission. So I'm not going to share the person's name just in case she wants to leave it private. But this is so fantastic. She gets really specific, and I think that's pretty cool. She says, for both of you, or for both you and Becky Proudfit, I wanted to let you know that I started listening to the podcast because I have enjoyed your posts and stories on here and wanted more. I wasn't really looking to better my life or find anything out of the podcast, but Becky's, all caps, all the exclamation points, the topics you have chosen have been exactly what I have needed in my life right now. Some recent things that have stood out to me are number one, you see what's happening? She made a list. She Mm -hmm. made a numbered list. Love it. (laughs) She's a girl after my own heart. Okay. She says, number one, my marriage can get better if I'm the only one working on it, which I bawled my eyes out in the car on that one. Number two, this is all her, not me. Number two, prayer matters. Number three, find yourself in autonomy. Uh, Four, 
anxiety attacks can be a life-changing moment for the better. I had one back in October and it rattled my world, still coming out of it, but the sun is coming up. Number five, find your truth and all caps, write it down. Number six, I feel like I have two best friends who know me deeply and listening to the two of you talk to each other has stirred me the desire to find and be a friend like that for someone else because I don't have those kinds of relationships right now, even with those that I love the most. Thank you for saying a prayer each time before you record. I know you are inspired to say the things you say, and I'm so blessed to be in a position to listen to what the Spirit tells me through your words. Thank you for sharing goodness and light and real truth with the world. I needed it so much more than I knew. Wishing you both all the blessings heaven has to offer. Oh my goodness. That just was the best. She is just you, you sweet girl whose name I want to say, but I'm keeping you anonymous just in case I need to protect you because I didn't get your permission. (laughs) His name starts with a K. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much. And the fact that you made a bullet point list, girl. Speaking Becky's language. (laughs) We would be best friends in real life. So I'm so glad that you feel that friendship for sure. We, we definitely have experienced a very real life friendship with many of you. We have relationships with many of you. We've met many of you. Um, We would just like to meet all of you somehow. Yes, yes, we would. (laughs) All right. So thank you for that um, sweet, sweet DM. And now let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. So there I was, enjoying a hike as I do on a regular basis. I go to pull my new phone out of my pocket to take a picture and bam, my phone flies out of my pocket. I have no idea how, but it lands face down on a sharp rock. Uh-huh. You guys, some of you know the rest of the story as I shared it in my Instagram stories. And in fact, you can see the painful details in my saved highlight called Loopy. It was a real tragedy. And the thing is, Becky did not have a Loopy case on her new phone yeah. yet. And we all know that Loopy would have prevented this tragedy because reaching in your pocket and grabbing the grippy, rubbery loop that's built into the case is exactly what keeps your phone safe. Mm-hmm. We love their tagline, Stop the Drop, because literally, it's true. The Loopy case is designed to help you keep from dropping your phone so dang much. They also have a variety of seriously fantastic designs to choose from. Oh, and their tempered glass protective layer that you put on your phone. Yeah, I'm never not going to have that. (laughs) When paired with your Loopy case, their tempered glass has been coined the ultimate protection package. Friends, you know we're here to encourage you in your documenting and picture taking. We know you're taking all your pictures with your phone. I'm telling you, you need a loopy in your life and on your phone want to save 10 percent on your purchase at loopycases.com good life 10 is the code you need to enter at checkout and take a swish of pond water quickly <laughs> she's talking about she doesn't know i hit record but i think it's oh. a good thing to talk about the pond water that you took a sip of listen i'm having all the healthy things she's she's drinking something that's gonna cure her Cure me of all the things. Yeah. So, you know, that's gross. Pond water wasn't that I would (laughs) take a swig of. Well, you guys, we're doing Q&A today, which is so much fun for us. And we're doing it today. We're giving ourselves a little break from... Um, a lot of work that goes into developing content for you when we do the podcast. What we're going to do is just go through the Instagram post that I um, posted and I invited you guys to ask us whatever you had in your mind or whatever topics you wanted to cover. But instead of us being like super prepared ahead of time, we're just going to answer on the fly. On just the fly. as if you ran into us on the street and said, hey, hey, 
I've been wondering. Yes. Will you talk about this? We're just going to, you know, fly by the seat of our pants, as they say. As we do. So in no particular order and choosing very random uh, comments here on the post. Uh, Let's see. This one says, stepping past the stuck moments. When you are at a place where you know it's time to make a move forward, but you have no idea how to do it. Mm. Well, I mean, that could be its own episode. Very much could be. And there might be... It also has a pretty simple answer, though, in my mind. Good. How would you respond to that? I would say that you know you need to move forward. You don't know the next thing to do. Um, Sometimes you won't know the next thing to do until you start moving. And so depending on where you're stuck, I would just start doing something. Stop trying to figure out the perfect thing to do and just do. And it's through the doing, it's through the moving that somehow um, points you in the right direction. But you first have to start off on a path of moving. And if you really have no idea, like no clue, which I think you probably do if you were honest with yourself, mm-hmm. I would say to go on a walk or on a hike. And I wouldn't stop until you knew your next step or until you had an idea of something you could do. So maybe take out what you should do and put in what you could do. I like it. Thank you. That was really, wow. Back. On the fly. On the fly. So it's my pond water. <laughs> it's the pond water talking as she takes a sip of the pond water. I, I wanted to add that there is scientifically backed up research done that, that tells us that when we physically are moving our bodies, it does allow for things to open yeah. up in our minds. I don't, I'm not saying it in the right way, but that's what happens. That's actually a really common uh, thing with kids with ADHD mm-hmm. is um, having them study when they're jumping on the trampoline or swinging on a swing set. And it's because when your body's in motion, it, there's some process that helps your mind become more organized. I love it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say one more thing. I kind of felt like there might be a few listeners who are like, ooh, this is probably the part where Becky Higgins is going to say, movement before motivation. Yes. But I wanted to, I I just wanted to point that out because that is what I would be tempted to say, movement before motivation. But this, this friend of ours is, we don't actually, oh yeah, I actually do think that we've met her. Um, I was going to say, we don't know you in real life. No, we have met you. Um, but you are talking about when you feel stuck, that's Mm -hmm. different than not feeling motivated. Right. Don't you think that's a hundred percent? So I just wanted to kudos to you, Becky, Mm because you really did acknowledge that when you're feeling stuck, it is kind of a unique place of like, you got to move past that. And so I totally agree. I have nothing more to add. You said it right. Yeah. Just, just make sure you're not keeping yourself stuck because you're not sure of what the right thing to do is. And in fact, as I'm saying that, Mm -hmm. really reflects the conversation I was having with Becky before we started recording regarding something else that's going on. Interesting. And really that is the truth. Is there, you know, if you listen to Jody Marshall say, well, there really is no wrong decision. There's just Mm. decisions. Right. And Mm -hmm. so stop being afraid of making the wrong decision and just make a decision. I love that. And I remember Jody Moore saying that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that. And was... I feel a little more clarity in my life. So thank you. There sweet, you go. sweet Q&A question asker. Right. See, recording the podcast I'm telling you. our life. Yes. No, it really I'm not does. laughing because it's, it's so funny. true. It's so true. so true. It's totally true. I love that. Um, yeah. And yes, I just, the whole not, the whole idea of getting stuck, being sure that you make the right decision is so a struggle that I've had my whole life. 
because I just want to do the right thing. I just want to do the right thing. And it comes from a great place. It's not sure. a bad motivator. But it's also kind of the all or nothing mentality. Well, yes. every decision I have to make has to be right. Right for me, right for, mm-hmm. you know, like what I think is the right, right, right thing. But it's totally true that decisions are decisions and it doesn't have to be right or wrong. So right. thank you. Thank you, Jody Moore, for that insight. Mm-hmm. Um so this reader, subscriber, listener, friend, person in the community, man, what do we, do we just name them? We need to come up with a name for our like for listenership. Our this like Jordan Page has her freebs. Yeah. Um, what are our people? Beckyites? <laughs> Beckyites? Um, oh, I've been reading the scriptures way too much. <laughs> no, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know. We're going to think I don't of know. We'll really think good. on that. Or you know what? Better than that. We want you to think on that. Ooh. We're gonna we're gonna offer that up in social media. What what's the name of what's our listeners of, of our of our community of our community? Our that's tribe. What it is. It's not even about followers because it's not like we're leaders, you're followers. It's yes. it's just we're all in this together. Yes, we're you know mostly a sisterhood around here. And like, what are we to each other? I don't know. I think we need to really put some time okay. in thinking about. All this. right, we're gonna think about okay. that. In the meantime, the next question that is asked. Uh, somebody says that they would love to actually hear more about your Disney background slash experiences. Oh, how I would love to just spend days and days telling you all about it. So this actually is something that I have to be really careful about um, because working with Disney and a lot of the work I did with Disney, actually a majority of the work I know you guys want to be hearing about with Disney um, is actually stuff that there's like confidentiality and stuff involved. And so, and to protect the brand of loveliness that is Disney, um, I, I, I try to be very respectful and mindful about talking about the stories of it without, um, without over, over indulging people to know like the secrets behind the magic kind of thing. Um, there is an episode that I will direct you to that I recorded. Um, I was interviewed on an episode of Latter Day Lives, Um, and so if you go listen to the episode where I was recorded there, I actually talk quite a bit about Disney. Um, Disney though was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And the first time in my life where I really experienced like making yourself available and open and what that can bring to you. Um, because I did not go into Disney thinking I would have the job that I ended up having and just kind of made myself available and open. And that was what ended up happening. Hmm. Um, I also learned one of my most important lessons I learned at Disney is that you can be miserable doing anything and you can be happy doing anything. And really it's totally your frame of mind with which you do it. That, um, that really determines your happiness. I think that's all I can say about that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know everyone wants to hear. And here's the thing. If you're ever at a live event or see us, I can talk more about it in person. I just really like to be very mindful of um, being respectful. Respective, respectful to the Disney brand, which still is a huge part of my life. It sure is. She doesn't stop talking about it, actually. Actually, we need to plan a trip because my annual pass <laughs> oh, expires it. in May. It came up again. It's happening. We really need to make that happen. Thank you for being so respectful about it. I respect you for doing it that way. That's the way it should be done. And um, Disney is an incredible brand. And so, yeah, they they deserve all the respect. And, yeah. um, and we'll link to that episode that Becky, you were referring to. So... Another question somebody's requesting that I share my journey with infertility. So oh, we th- have thought about this so many times, guys, and how to do well, this. I'm interested to hear your response. Okay. So I wasn't, you know, again, I wasn't expecting what to talk about. So I'm going to actually make this quite short. I will explain 
kind of an overview of that journey without diving deep. I don't deep dive with that topic very often. Um, not Do you think in, we might though for an upcoming episode? I think it would have to be with a guest who has experienced it mm. recently or is in the thick of it or because I feel like I navigated my way through that whole experience as healthy as possible, like in terms of my heart and my mind that I really, I remember it being incredibly difficult, but I no longer feel the sorrow that was a really painful experience. And so I feel like it's not my place to speak from a place of like, the hurt that a lot of people are going through when that is their current issue, it would need to be with somebody who is like, it's really fresh for them. Can I disagree? I don't agree. Actually, I feel like when people are asking to hear your experience with infertility, they're wanting to hear your experience. And I think the message of like, yeah, I remember feeling this way and I no longer feel that way is actually a really powerful message of there is hope on the other side. And it's not a sorrow that, damages you permanently or that is something that will always be a part of your story yeah okay just my opinion well the end we can move on then yes no No, I'm kidding I'll 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 just explain briefly because I think that infertility probably should be its own episode and with somebody who also has some experience with that um but I think you're right I think that would be you know before I recap the journey um that would be my main message is that there is hope I also I also am very highly sensitive to that it doesn't end up Right. With three kids. With the result of children for a lot of people. And so that's so hard for me to be able to, you know, I got children, you know, I feel the same way about cancer too. Sometimes when I talk about it, cause I'm like, I had a really aggressive form of cancer and I was so lucky for everything that happened that I'm alive and Mm -hmm. I survived it. And sometimes I, I don't feel guilty, but I feel like it makes me less of an authority because I came out the other side. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yep. That's what it is. So David and I were married really young. And so it's not, we did not start trying to get pregnant really soon because we were, we truly were so young. Um, and, and so when it came time and we started, uh, thinking about wanting to have a family, it wasn't totally surprising that it wasn't happening at first because I have never had regular periods ever, ever, ever in my whole life. And by the way, this is not TMI. This is just like, right. look, <laughs> most of us are women. We're just, we're just saying it straight. So I usually, um, I I never had regular periods. And so when it came time to wanting to become pregnant and realizing like, okay, this isn't working. I was like, huh? Okay. So I guess the next step is just figure it out, go to a doctor, like start down that path. And so we went down that path. We worked with a fertility specialist and it was really hard. It was real. There's no way to sugarcoat it because there was so much poking and probing, Mm -hmm. probing, probing, poking and probing and and needles. And, you know, there was, there was one, there was one procedure in particular where, um, I don't want to be too detailed because for, I want to be sensitive to people who really can't Mm -hmm. handle like graphic stuff, but basically they had to scrape the inside of my female organ. Yes. (laughs) They had to scrape the inside of my uterus. There you go. Yeah. And, and it was truly like, I never thought I would be that person that screamed in an office you know, a doctor's office. And there were noises that came out of me that I was like, so it was, I mean, there were some horrible things that I had to go through, but I'm no victim. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I've always been able to frame it 
this is just kind of who I am. I've always been able to frame it and I've always chosen to frame it as, as I was going through these hard things, it was because of what I wanted in my life. David and I wanted to be a mom and a dad. We wanted to have a family of our own beyond just the two of us. And so it was worth it, right? Every painful procedure, every disappointing result. Um, we did IUI, uh, and, um, I'm forgetting all of the terms now. Um, uh, in vitro, no, no. IVF. IUI is endometrial. Oh my gosh. Is in, I think it's artificial insemination. Yes. Right? Artificial insemination. Yes. We tried so IUI. Isn't that what IUI yes, is? I've, yeah. I'm like, I can't yeah. even remember some of the terms anymore. I've, I've taken so much of this and like scooted it <clears throat> yeah. to the side in my life. And I'm like, yeah. I don't even want to go back and remember all that really. Um, but I do think it is important to remember because I think that when I do remember what we went through, I do remember to be more grateful that I get to be a mom and that I get to have these three beautiful humans as my children. So ultimately through all of the tests and all of the treatment and all of the procedures and all of the everything, um, we were able to become pregnant with IVF in vitro Mm -hmm. fertilization. And so that is actually how we got Porter. And so he's our IVF baby. And then, um, and that's a miracle in and of itself. It really is just modern medicine. And the fact that we have, this ability to have help if we need it in in all sorts of facets of life. You having treatment for cancer Mm -hmm. is a totally different thing than me needing treatment to help my body cooperate and get pregnant. Um, I'm grateful. And so we did, we got, we got uh, Porter through IVF and then Claire and crew both just a little bit of just barely kind of any treatment, but just to kind of jumpstart my body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my body's never been normal and that's okay. You know, yeah, it's okay. And it's fine. And, um, but I'm grateful for what I learned through infertility. Um, and if you're wondering what I learned, the list is too long and probably could be a novel, but one thing that comes to mind is patience. Patience in God's timing, because even though we know what we want and we think we want it exactly like this and exactly at this time, Mm -hmm. his plan is perfect and it's for us. And so I learned patience and understanding that his timing is perfect. And so our job is to do our very best and do everything that we can. And then the rest really is up to him and it's all going to be okay. Yeah. That's it. So that was um, beautiful. The next question, well, let's just switch gears real fast. (laughs) I'd love to know more about the upcoming app update. When will it be? What new features will it have? What are some everyday moments you document? Do you document those everyday things in your year? I'll take this one. So, I mean, you can certainly chime in, but I can, I can just kind of like, she's asking a whole lot of documenting type of things and apps sorts of things. So the quick answer about the app update is that, um, the project life app, which helps you to bring your stories and your memories and your pictures together. If you're less familiar with it, download it right now. It is free iOS, Android, all the things, get it, start tapping around. That's how you learn how to do it. It's so easy. The Project Life app is, has does have a really big update coming up. Um, Timing-wise, I can't tell you exactly, but I'm going to say springish is yes. when we are really thinking this is going to happen. So spring 2020, 2020, and I cannot tell you what the features are going to be because but that would not are, be fun. They're so good, <laughs> and I think the changes we're making to the app um, – we are really helping focus storytelling in a much more meaningful way. And it will still have exactly what you love about it. Yes. There's nothing being taken away from you. That is essential. That is essential. Yes. (laughs) 
There's no functionality being taken away no, from you. No, no. And in fact, what we're doing and what we're so excited about is that we are increasing and building upon what's already there and making it not just better for you, but making it even more accessible for other people who are like, I'm not a documenter mm-hmm. or I'm not a journal or I'm not a scrapbooker. You don't have to be, stop with yeah. the labels. Stop with all the labels. Are you kidding? I used Project Life app yesterday to make a graphic for my Instagram I account. I saw that. That was really cool. Thank you. I was like, go Becky making those Instagram graphics with the app. You're welcome. I use the app all the time for social stuff, social mm-hmm. media stuff. And there's just so many things to it that just make it yeah. wonderful. We're making it even better. And we can't tell you what the features are because that would ruin the surprise. But it's really great. It's really great. And we're <laughs> so excited to have you all see it and be part of it and play with it and see what it'll do with with your stories that you're telling mm-hmm. in your lives. It's going to be so good. It's going to be great. Ugh. And then the other question she's asking about, what are some everyday moments you document and do you document those everyday things every year? The short answer is the everyday moments are literally the things that are seemingly mundane. They mm-hmm. are seemingly ordinary. So for example, I might be sitting across from the table um, and just having breakfast with crew and he's just sitting there eating his breakfast and he's got his diary of a wimpy kid propped up, you know, leaning his hand, holding it with one hand and his other hand, or sorry, the book in one hand and then his fork in the other hand or a spoon. And just, just noticing the things in your life that you're like, oh my gosh, I just, I love this, or I love him, or I love that about her. And we all have these feelings, but that's my favorite thing about everyday documenting is you notice those things more because you're like, you know what, that like, you don't have to take a picture of all of it. Right. In fact, you shouldn't. I think that's kind of like an irreverent way of going through life. Right. But you honor some of those little everyday things by saying, yeah, this is something I want to capture. Why? Because it's tugging at my heart right now. So can I even imagine what that will mean to me in 30 years? Yeah. You know, so that's my quick answer to that. Yes. And can I add something Please to that? Do. So some one way that I do my everyday stuff is I have, I utilize the note section in my phone. I've talked about this before but particularly caroline even lucy sometimes they just say the funniest like things or misuse words or ask a funny question and i try to always jot those down because i if i don't i forget Mm -mm. and so i love i have that little running list of like funny things that they've said Perfect. And I love that. Perfect. And that's in your notes app. Some of you, I know um, that this is one of the ways that you use the simple notebooks is you jot it down mm-hmm. there. Um, you could do it right there in the Project Life app right when it happens. But I like the idea of what you're doing, Becky, where you keep a note section. Because if you did want to include some of those in, like yeah. when you are mm-hmm. using the app, you literally it's just copy quick- and paste. Cut and paste. Mm-hmm. Yep. So easy. Um, okay, next question. What's your favorite place to vacation in the U.S. and or with and without kids. Hmm. That's Interesting. kind of a loaded question for me. It is for me too. And actually Ooh. we went hiking on Sunday after church. Um, something we often do as a family is go on a little hike together. And we were hiking this trail and we ran into this lady who was a photographer. And we were talking, her and I just got talking because she had some questions about the trail we were on. And, um, she is super well-traveled and had told me about all these different places she'd been. Some of them I had been, some of them we hadn't been. And I was asking her about like, what are the best trips you'd like the most impactful, amazing trips you've been on? Cause we love taking our kids to places to help expand their perspective and, and experience the world they live in. And she said, 
that her favorite trips that she's taken are to the national parks in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And yep. that that she's been all over the world and there's so many wonderful places, but as a country that we really have the greatest collection of, of amazing places to see. So and, diverse too. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I don't even, this is not even going to answer your question, but it is my answer, is there are so many places I haven't seen. I've seen a lot of this country, but... This summer, we're actually taking our kids on a two-week road trip, and we're starting kind of um, in Southern Cali and going up the coast through Oregon and Washington and up into Canada, and we're ending in Banff Mm. and trying to hit up a bunch of those places. So I guess, I don't know, my favorite trips, I will say, have been ones that include driving. Mm -hmm. Even when we went to Italy with Mm -hmm. um, friends last year, and Becky was with us, we rent a car and those car moments are some of my favorite moments totally. of the trip. I mean, always and forever, the North Shore of Hawaii, obviously, but <laughs> I think there's so many places we haven't seen mm-hmm. that just having that time to explore together, I guess that's the, my real answer. Having time to explore and not having like an itinerary where we have to see and do and like yeah. those are the ones my family tends to not like as much and the ones where we're a little bit more free to just go and experience together have been... Um, the more meaningful trips. I love that. How about you? Well, I've officially invited the Higgins family to join the Proud Fit family when they do this. I want you to trip. No, that that whole coastal and then going up. I have not spent enough time in yeah. Northern California, Washington, Oregon. Um, that part of Canada I have spent some time in, but I've always wanted to go to Banff. And by always, I mean like for the last. It was probably like. 10 years ago, one of my students in a in an in-person class that I taught. Uh, she's like, you've got to come to Banff. I live there. I'll show you everywhere. And I'm like, that's so sweet. This is when I was like in a season of like yeah. a lot more travel. And I was like, thanks. And then I looked into it. And I'm like, okay, that's amazing. So that's mm-hmm. when it became on my kind of my bucket list. And then as we've traveled more and more in the country and in the world, I'm like, that is just not falling off my list. Every time I see a picture yeah. of that area. Oh, so that's, that is something that we might consider so come you with know, us, whether or not you want us to gonna be there. Be great. We're going to see lots of cool things. So for us, you know, um, I agree with Becky. There's so much that we haven't seen, but of what we've seen what, and what comes to mind, like if I had spent time really preparing what I was going to say ahead of time, I think my answer might be a little different. So I'm just kind of shooting from the hip to say that off the top of my head, the non-continental states of Alaska and Hawaii have been probably... Um, among the most memorable trips that we've made. Mm-hmm. Seeing these these parts of the U.S. Um, are, it's mind-blowing how much variety, and of course those are off the continent, so they're right. even more drastically different. Very, very memorable. But we live in Arizona. We live in the desert, and um, I think I've been to probably 45 or 47 of the 50 states. I've seen a lot, a lot, a lot. But time and time again, my family loves going to Flagstaff, Arizona. I know you guys enjoy yeah. the same thing. And that is because it's close to home. It's a two-hour drive away. And we frequent it because it is a, it's like a different world from where we live. And yet it's super accessible. Yeah, it's two hours away. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you and I have spent time in southern Utah hiking that region. And now we have a whole new love for that right. area. And I could talk, I could probably tell stories and show pictures from pretty much almost every state. And I love so much of it. So I don't know if I can say this is the one place that would be my favorite, but, um, I would add to the person that you talked to on the trail that spending time in the national parks is one of our favorite things. We haven't done it enough, honestly. Well, and if you don't know this, I'm trying to remember if it's a third or fourth grader. If you have a third or fourth grader, you get a free 
pass to the national parks. And I don't know yep. if it's third or fourth grade. I want to say it's, it's some third. I think it's third. But um, if not, an annual pass to the state parks is like $100 or something. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you get a free pass and they can, you know, because the government wants these kids exploring this beautiful land that we have right here in the United States. So the end of that conversation I was having with the hiker the other day was we've kind of delayed taking our kids to Europe and, and doing some of these things with them because we feel like there's so much for them to see here um, that we're going to tackle is. some of that before we before we take them overseas. This is such an amazing country. It is. And it really is. <laughs> we've been blessed, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, as humans, we get to have all these amazing um, places around us to visit. Okay, the next question. Can you define, explain what you mean by autonomy and how to apply oh. it in daily life. I've heard you mention the term a few times. I love your podcast. Thanks for sharing with us. Can I just tell this person really quickly that probably doesn't know that we recorded an entire episode exactly because we wanted to deep dive into what autonomy means. And Becky, you did a great job really curating the content for that episode. And that conversation was so good and helped me so much. And ever since then, I've used that word autonomy or autonomous in my everyday language so much more. Um, Let me just point you to the episode because really that is the answer to the question. And certainly I want you to chime in in just a second, but episode 66 is called Understanding Autonomy. And um, just to give you one example of how I used it recently, we were skiing um, this last week with friends. It's an annual tradition we have and we were going off. I'm the lesser experienced of these highly, highly experienced and very fast and very skilled skiing friends of mine and but I'm getting better and I'm doing better about keeping up and whatever and at one point kind of in the afternoon when I was starting to like kind of tap out a little bit in my energy my thighs were starting to burn and they went down I was like you know what I just have no idea I have no desire to keep up with them right now Mm -hmm. and I in my head I'm like I just want this autonomous moment I said that like in my head I'm like you guys go peace out well I had the most autonomous experience. I went off into another trail that was easier. Um, the slopes were perfect. It was the speed I loved. I was relaxed, but still going fast. Like it was just so awesome. And we were regrouping at the end and they're like, how was that? And I'm like, I just needed that autonomous moment. And so my point in bringing that up is it's funny that you bring that up. This Wendy is her name and she's saying, I hear you talking about that more. Yeah. I'm actually using that word and that language in my everyday conversations even more. And, um, I'm really glad to have a better understanding of it because of recording together and really you and I talking a lot more about that. Yeah. What did you want to add that might be a good takeaway for her before she gets to that? Well, just to kind of wet your whistle, so to speak, I feel like, um, being self-reliant is something we are increasingly lacking as a society and something that is kind of like an innate human desire. And so I began to really be interested in autonomy, looking at my kids' behavior and honestly looking back at my behavior when I was a you know, preteen and teenager thinking what, when I was acting out or when I was, um, kind of going off my own way, like, what was I really after? Like, Mm. why, why would I have made some of the choices I made? And I really came back to, um, sometimes people when they don't know that they need to be more self-reliant end up acting out. And really what they're wanting is not the result of the acting out, but are wanting self-reliance and autonomy. So go listen to the episode, but I'll share the definition of autonomy that that I came up with. It's a hybrid of like the many definitions of autonomy and it's confidently standing in the places you choose to be. Um, 
And so essentially it's becoming grounded in who you are, what you're about and the choices that you make and choosing the life that you want. I love it. Anyway, go listen to the episode. Go listen to the episode. And I will tell you that one other way it's really blessed me, the more I've thought about autonomy is in my motherhood. I look at my kids as these beautifully autonomous humans who are figuring life out. And I, it just makes me feel even more celebratory about when they are just being who they are. And I celebrate and honor that instead of being, you know, instead of kind of my natural tendencies of like, well, but these are the choices I want you to make because I think that this is what will make you happy. Yes. I guide and I teach and I lead as a mom, but I also really honor that they're figuring out what they want for themselves. And it's beautiful. That's exactly how it should be. So autonomy for the win. Yeah. Love it. Next couple of questions are actually documenting related again. So I do want to go ahead and hit on those because that is why we asked you guys, you tell us what you want us to talk about. This one says, maybe I've missed it in the past, but I just need help on focusing on getting my memories out of my phone. I think I'm putting too much thought into it and I have way too many pictures saved up at this point. It's just overwhelming. I love the project life app. I have some pages done. I need to print already, but it's like a brain fog fog that I can't get through just to just start. I see so many cute ideas and I follow the hashtag project life. How can I get over this hump? I don't know if you, do you want to say anything? Stop looking at cute ideas. Oh my gosh. Like, yes, it's not about cuteness. Although there are some people that do amazing things. Yeah. But you don't need, I feel like you're approaching, I'll just say scrapbooking. Cause that's really what we're talking about. I think that's what she's talking um, about. Yeah. You're looking at ideas to like model your storytelling after someone else's maybe spend a minute just telling your story as the way you want to and give yourself a minute to like hone your own style. There you go. I'm so proud of you, Becky. Thank you. I really am. That's not the, the counsel that I think most people think they want to hear. Mm. And I really appreciate this, um, listener who is saying, this is what my situation is. And I'm listening or I'm, I'm watching a lot. I'm following this hashtag. I'm looking at a lot of pages. I appreciate her being honest because that was my first thought too, is sister, you got to put the blinders on. Yep. Stop looking at other people's stuff. Yes. For a minute. I get it. Like it's nice to be inspired by other people. We all understand that that's how that works. We get inspired by seeing how other people are doing things and that's fine. The problem that a lot of people run into is that is what they get fixated on. And then what are they doing with their own memories and stories? Nada. Not a thing. Right. And so, yeah. so to give you something practical, I'll just give you a practical thought from your friend Becky here who would love to just sit down with you on the couch and walk you through all the things. But one quick thing that's super attainable is um, to totally close out uh, any social media influence of any kind that has to do with this. You've already seen enough. Like you don't need even one more minute. I can tell you have seen enough. So shut it all out, put your blinders on. And I want you just to sit in stillness for a minute. I want you to sit in quiet or go for, go for a walk or turn off the radio while you're driving. And I want you to think, you know, if I, if I just had, um, you know, a very short time left and I knew it, and there were maybe 10 life lessons that I would want to leave for my kids, what would those be? Just ponder that for a minute. Like maybe stop thinking so much about the trip that didn't get documented or the last week that you spent at the park with your child or, um, you know, that wedding that you attended or whatever. How, how about think instead of like tens of thousands of pictures on your phones, think about like right now, what would be 10 things that I would want my kids to know or my posterity to know. And then using the project life app, you can literally just pull in a photo to represent each of those things. Yeah. That's a life lesson or a piece of your heart in some way and just make those 10 pages and then just say, you know what? 
I'm a documenter. I'm doing it. I'm doing something and something's better than nothing. And yeah, I've got tens of thousands of pictures. Who doesn't? But I can tell you this. I can tell you that nobody wants to see all of your pictures ever. So just we're even you, even you, honestly, you don't want to pay money for a book and realize that half of the content is stuff you don't actually care about. Yeah. Yep. So be mindful, sit back, be quiet for a minute, shut out all the noise and just do something really meaningful, but is also very small and attainable and make that baby step. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah. The next question about documenting um, that I thought was really cool is she says, how do you see your family yearbooks changing, adapting, and evolving as your family changes and kids grow up and eventually leave the home? Hmm. I have one child on his own. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I have one child in his own home, one in college, and two more not too far behind that. Not sure how much to include of those who don't live immediately with us. Also, do your kids' individual books go up until age 18? So now we're kind of getting into a little bit more of like a pragmatic approach to like, yes. what's my documenting look like? And I actually really appreciate that she's asking because this sounds like somebody who's not necessarily relying on someone to tell them what to do. Right. Because, you know, I'm a huge like fan of, and so are you, of self-reliance. Like figure it out for yourself in a way that's yeah. meaningful for you instead of doing it the way that everyone else around you is doing it. Um, however, I appreciate that she's asking cause she is heading into a different stage of life where it's like, wait a second, the dynamic of my family is different because mm-hmm. not everybody's here. Let me tell you something that I noticed our friend Carrie Holt do. Now Carrie is doing, um, this, the one second app. Is that what it's called? Everyday one second, yeah, something I, like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use it. It's been around for years. Really cool. And Carrie, um, who's on the BH team, she loves using this app to capture, Um, a one second video clip every day throughout the month. And at the end of the month, she has this compilation of basically a 30 second or longer, um, you know, review. It's like a video review. She has now two of her kids who are living outside the home. They're both in college. And so I've noticed that what she's doing is she's asked them to make sure that they send her a video clip once in a while, because they know that this is her thing. Yeah. And so I bring that up because I try to envision what I will do when, because right now our kids are all in our nest, right? They're all at home. But in the next couple of years, actually, I'm not going to cry. In the next year and a half, Porter will be gone out of our home. He will no longer be here. Is he still part of our family? Yes, of course. Do we still want to include him um, in some way? For sure. Am I going to be responsible to document all of Porter's life? Absolutely not. And I should never feel that way. And so for me, that happy medium feels similar to what I've noticed Carrie do, which is if they're still part of your family, which of course they are, but even if they're not geographically there, sure. Yeah. Consider maybe including a glimpse in this case, a picture, Mm -hmm. um, in once in a while to say, this is what he or she is up to wherever he or she is. So that's my thought about that. I don't know if you wanted to add anything. I have a thought actually. Okay. This is like kind of a deeper level thought, but I wonder if part of the angst you're feeling about how to document their lives is really the shift that's happening in your life. And so, um, when I am documenting, I always look at it as I am the author of that And so I would look at, um, how you're documenting your story. Like I, I haven't gotten to this place, but I imagine when I do, it's going to be a very interesting shift, um, to that piece of motherhood. Obviously you're always a mother, but that day to day, um, being less apart, it's probably going to take me a minute to kind of find myself again and to establish a new normal. And I wonder if, you're trying to figure this out a little bit. A little part of that is kind of trying to establish your new normal. And so I would, 
if it was me, I would document in the way that I always had. And it probably will be uncomfortable to make yourself or your current, you know, family makeup kind of the star of that. That that might be an interesting shift from you for you, but actually could be really cool. Yeah, that is interesting. I like that perspective. I think that is the point that both of us would want to drive home is make sure that you're really thinking through, you know, when you have a transition in your life, what that looks like and and what what feels like a good fit for you because maybe it's uncomfortable because you're like, but wait, they're still a part of our family. So I feel, or like maybe you've really only ever documented your kids stuff. And now mm. you're like, well, wait a minute, what do I document if not my kids? When really maybe you've been missing a huge part of the story. Uh, I would definitely agree that if that's all you've documented, you have missed not in a guilty way, right? Like we're not trying to put guilt on you, but if you've not documented any piece of who you are as a person and the experiences that you have, um, that's okay. Because I think, I think the stuff that Becky and I have been working on with some, some upcoming courses is going to be like an answer to yeah. the prayer you didn't even know you had. Didn't even know you had. <laughs> and what a fun challenge for you to yeah. now be documenting and finding yourself in this new way. So there you go. Not a straight answer, but gives you some stuff to noodle some, on. Right. Some food mm-hmm. for thought so food you can figure it out. Thought. And then not to ignore the last part of her question. She just wants to know if my kids' individual books go up until age 18. Simple answer. I have individual albums for my kids because I started it when they were younger. It's way doable. Um, but it's also doable if you've done nothing. You can just make a choice to say, you know what? I haven't been doing much of anything or nothing at all all yeah. these years. And it's okay because yeah. I can even summarize in one book, whether I'm putting all their stuff in an album, which is kind of more my approach, or if I'm creating pages in the Project Life app to summarize kind of my favorite pictures, just keep it to one book and summarize their whole childhood in a book and stop overthinking it. You know what I mean? That's like what that's... my mom did is I have one book that's kind of the compilation of my whole life that she gave me when I got married. Very I cool. I loved it. I love that book. That's so cool. I yeah. love that she did that. Did she make it right before you got married? So it was done. She literally and... made it. Like she always took pictures, but uh-huh. yeah, she literally sat down and did it from birth. Like the, yeah, when I was engaged. And not along the way. It was Mm-mm. while you were engaged. Yeah. No. So you guys totally... learn from Becky's mom. Like that is absolutely, I've I've shared this in many classes that I've taught too. That is absolutely an approach that it's not better or worse than anything else. It could be exactly the perfect solution for you, especially if you feel guilty from years of not documenting. Can we just stop feeling guilty? Stop beating yourself up for what you didn't do or what you feel like you were supposed to do, or you're looking on the hashtag and you see everybody else doing whatever they're doing. Stop all of that Mm -hmm. and clean the slate and start from scratch and go, you know what? This is where I am. And this is what is attainable. This is what feels good for me to do right now. And that's it. Really simple. That's it. Okay. Now this might surprise you, but there's only one more question that I pulled. The and one about my shoes. A lot of people asked <laughs> I about my shoes. did not include that. They, I think we both got Old asked Navy. about our shoes. Old Navy. Old Navy? Your Old black, Navy, strappy black sandals? strappy sandals. Old Navy. And mine were from Nordstrom Rack. They're really comfortable wedges. So mm-hmm. there you go. There's the answer to that question. The burning question in your soul. <laughs> I know. That's so funny. No, this is, we'll go out um, on, on this fun note. This kid's kind of cute. Um, what is a quality you each admire in your co-host that they might not know about you? Hmm. I haven't had a chance to think about it though. I just thought that was a really we thoughtful question. We know a question. lot about each other. I know we okay. really do. A, a hmm. quality that, that I admire in you that you might not know about yourself. I think, I think what, what the, I thought with the, when I read it, I thought they were saying something like that. I, that I admire about you that you don't know that I admire about you. Oh, let's take, let's take any angle we want. So 
here's the thing. We literally had to pause the recording <laughs> for a second because we're like, wait a second. We, we talk so much. And what were you saying? We're we both- actually have both made it um, kind of a goal in our lives to be really intentional with vocalizing generous thoughts to people. Right. And we do that with each other all the time. So I feel like we both, when we notice or think of something, we'll send the other one a text or a call or let them know that like thing that we were admiring about them. Because I think we don't do that enough in Mm -hmm. life. We have all these thoughts in our heads about how we feel about people, but nobody ever knows. Mm -hmm. And so I think both of us have been really intentional about making sure the other one knows. I think I know everything um, nice that you think about me because you've already said it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to reiterate one that I really feel. Yeah. I definitely think that we should okay. answer her question. Cause that's, it's actually a great question that I, I hope that with us choosing this question to answer that you feel more inspired than ever to be sure that you articulate to the people around you, what you admire about them and yeah. what you see in them. I think that's a really cool okay, I'll go first. thing to do. So one thing I really admire about Becky, um, is she is extremely generous. Let me let me go a little deeper. So of the two of us, I'm less experienced in this industry and business that we're in. Way less experienced, obviously. Um, so Becky gets opportunities all the time for things that she can't do. 100% of the time, she she passes them on to me. Like she um, is one of those people in business and in life who is completely championing others. Like there is not one ounce of her that is threatened by someone else's success. In fact, it's quite the opposite. She will be your biggest cheerleader to cheer you on and not feel any kind of less than because of it. And I think it's like something you have that's a spiritual gift because it's not like human nature to be as generous and genuinely happy for other people as you are. Thank you. You're welcome. That's so nice. It's What true. a fun note to go out on I know. with this question. Okay. So I, you know, when we paused and I was like having to think about this, I was like, how, where do I begin? Because there are, that's the thing I love about our really relatively newish two years in kind of friendship here is that I've learned so much so quickly about the kind of human that Becky Proudfit is and how that's why we like, that's why we got to sit and record sometimes is because some of the things that come out of your mouth, I'm like, if everybody could see it that way, if everyone could understand that that perspective blesses them. So one thing that I'll point out, um, is resilience. So when I think about resilience with you though, I'm not talking about just you had cancer and so you were resilient through that experience. I'm talking the day you received a diagnosis you immediately, like immediately had, you had the moment, the knee jerk response of like, holy crap, right? Like everyone would. And then immediately you went into this resilient mode of, if this is what my path is supposed to be, bring it on. Like if this is what it's going to be. And in fact, you even went so far as to say, if it's my time and I'm not even supposed to live through this, that's okay. Like this, we're going to be okay. Taylor's going to be okay. My kids are going to be okay. We're all going to be fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. We're fine. So that, that part of resilience really has um, stood out to me, but I think the resilience that most people wouldn't think of for those who have gotten to know you through the podcast is, <clears throat> is your resilience to opposition because you, everybody gets a lot of it. I don't want to point you out as some sort of victim that gets a lot more than the next person. Cause that's not true. We no, all get different kinds get of it, opposition, yeah. but because we're so close and I've seen the types of opposition 
that you've been faced with and the ways that you could very easily spiral down very easily. I watch you navigate through those challenges and those feelings of opposition in such a graceful way of choice. Like you just choose it. So you, you kind of get, you know, it, what was it just a couple of weeks ago that you really were getting it from every angle mm-hmm. and, and you, it was, it was hard. And there was a lot coming at you from different angles, not just, not just with one area of your life or the other, but like all of a sudden, all of these things all at once. And we all know what that feels like. And it's overwhelming. And what do a lot of us want to do? Retreat, right? Watch Netflix all day long. Yeah. Which is, there's no problem with that. <laughs> and, and sure, like take a day and even do that. But I've loved watching your resilience grow and blossom even more like recently. I feel like, especially because of the podcast work that we do and because mm-hmm. that, that involves so much thought work on our own and we're really working on our own self, like preservation and progression and all these great things. I think it positions both of us in a better place to go, you know what? Like yeah. if I really want to tell this story in my life, i better darn well live it. Mm-hmm. And so I see that in you, you don't have to say those words, live the story you want to tell, but that's exactly what you're doing. So I know that when you're going through a really hard thing, you're going to want to come out on the other end and say, this is how I handled that. And then you're able to back it up and go, well, then that's the way I've got to handle it. Cause right. that's the story I want to be able to tell. Right. hundred percent true. Yes. So there you go. Well, thanks. Now friend. we kept it to just one thing each go us. I know. <laughs> We could share so much more. Well, you guys, thanks for your questions. I think that is super cool to have you be a part of the podcast when you can't be sitting here with us. This is the next best thing, huh? Sure is. Well, friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel, and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on, and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. I just don't understand how every single time I can't remember that the light faces me and I think it's supposed to face out. It's fine. Go towards the light. (laughs) Always a good idea. Okay, this literally, this elderberry, I'm pretty sure it's going to make me well Hmm. or give me diarrhea or turn your teeth, stain my teeth black or Mm -hmm. all of the above. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hello, friends. Hey, everybody. I'm Becky Higgins. With me is with... with blah, blah, blah. <laughs>